Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Racing Only Better podcast ahead of mainly the Cheltenham November meeting. Very excited about going back to Cheltenham this weekend and we've got good racing to look forward to over there. But we will also be covering a couple of races from Blinkfield and one from Jolly Fontwell as well on Sunday. So loads for myself, Tony Calvin, Kevin Blake and Brendan Duke to rattle through. We will only be giving strong opinions. Strong opinions need only apply. But of course, we are always promoting responsible gambling. And this week is Safer Gambling Week. And so here is a message from Betfair. At Betfair, we're all about owning your game. So for Safer Gambling Week 2023, why not try out our handy online toolkit that really puts you in the driving seat and helps you stay on top of how much time and money you spend playing. It's no faff. You can easily add our tools to your account anytime you like, because it's always good to buckle up before you bet. Okay, niceties out the way. TC, let's jump straight in, please, with a weather watch, my man. Why are we at specifically at Cheltenham? What ground are we expecting all weekend? Um, I'm going with good to soft. We're currently soft, good to soft in places. Um, forecast has improved. There's a bit of rain for Saturday and Sunday. Dry Friday. So, yeah, I'm working on the basis of good to soft. Okay, beautiful. Lovely jumping ground then. Brendan, let's kick straight off with the Friday races. Obviously, mm. as most of our listeners and viewers will know now, we cover the ITV racing races and we kick off on the Friday with the 145 at Cheltenham. It is the handicap chase over the two miles. And currently, the market is something along these lines. Calico at 7-2. Do your job at 7-2. Triple trade in there at 9-2. Bally Breeze at 5. No risk to floss at 13-2. Those are just the top few in the market. Brendan, we're coming to you first here. Nice competitive event to get us underway. It certainly is, Vanessa. I thought I might take a chance on this Madara 14-to-1 uh, poke, um, who ran at a very similar race to this at the October meeting and put in a really slick round of jumping. I mean, one of the most unfortunate unseats you'll ever see. It didn't even really make a mistake at the third last, but the jockey somehow contrived to fall off. Now, he had been changing his hands on the horse uh, coming down to the third last, but uh, you, you certainly wouldn't say it was beaten. Who who knows what what would have happened? But it was a pro very promising run. I don't know. It's 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 an ex French trained four year old. Uh, so 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 gets the four year old allowance here. But clearly connections must feel the handicapper's been quite harsh um, because they let it go off thirty three to one. Granted, from three pounds out of the handicap last last month. Um, but I'm just going to be believe my eyes that the horse was going to run a big race, uh, exact same conditions here. You're not getting 33 to one granted, you're getting 14 to one, but that seems a fair price to me. Um, so yeah, um, um, Madara to take advantage of the Voyerol allowance. Lovely Madara for Sophie Leach at 14s, as Brendan's already said. TC, over to you. Do you have another big price horse in here? I feel like it's that sort of race for you. Yeah, um, I think triple trade is. It would be my idea of the favourite. Everyone saw how well he shaped last time over, over course and distance. Only a pound higher pro, uh, progressive profile last year. But um, I thought nine to two was pretty much his price. Um, I've had a few quid win only on Gold de Bois. Um, the, uh, he's ridden by Harry the Boy Cobden. Um, he's two from two from the trainer. Seven pound lower than we were fourth in the race last year. 
And I just thought the overall profile in a very tricky race, I'd want to be something with a bigger price than one at the top end of the market and gold about 20s. Uh, is suited to that. I mean, there is a lot of pace in here, and he's one of the potential forward goers. But um, the Kelso second last time has been franked by the winner. Uh, yeah, I just thought Goldabar was overpriced at the general 20s, and that's 20s with the sportsbook also, win only. Lovely. Knew you were going to have a big price one in there. Thank you very much, TC. Uh, right, Kev, let's move on to the 220. Uh, this is your two mile novices, Chase and Jim. APR1, who had two entries over the weekend, is your sixth to four favourite for the Tizard Yard off the back of his promising chase debut when we last saw him. He's got that run under his belt. Six to four at the top of the market, taking on Mighty Tom from over in Ireland at five to two. Petit Donaire at threes. On Public at nine to two as well. And that is your full field. Um, weak enough event for a grade two, but let's not focus on that. What wins it, Kev, more importantly? Yeah, de definitely an interesting little race. Um, should be no more grey two than the man in the moon. Um, they will literally be made in chases run at Navin this weekend that are far stronger than this. Um, literally, ha have a look at them, the decks. Like, yeah, the, none of these runners will be within the top four in the market for the maiden chases in Ireland yeah. this weekend. Um, but there we are. And funny enough, I think it might be an Irish horse might come over and win this. Um, fair play to Keen Collins. Um, he's avoiding... Um, so some very deep waters at home and coming over here for this. It's a great shout, win or lose. And and I think the horse has a right good chance. Um, his hurdle form, um, while it was achieved in, you know, quieter waters during the summer months, um, rating wise, it's up there with the Piccadies. And I thought he made a really nice chasing debut at Cork, um, a race we talked about and weighed in a few weeks ago um, because I was highly impressed with the winner. Let's be clear about it. And Mighty Tom was given uh, what I would, what I perceived as, you know, very much an educational spin around, was ridden with patience, like actually made a very eye-catching move, um, I think between the fourth last and the third last, uh, and just flattened out just a shade, but um, still held on to finish second. I think he'd improve from that in fitness terms. Um, I think his jumping was sharp and his jumping was perfectly fine now, but it will sharpen for that experience, I'd say. Um, coming back in trip shouldn't be an issue based on his hurdle form, I don't think. And um, I'm hoping Keen Collins's enterprise will be rewarded because this would be a mighty way to break his duck over fences whilst avoiding all those nasty um, high-class Irish horses he would have been meeting in, uh, in maiden chases this weekend if he hadn't come here. <laughs> yeah, I think that is a very fair comment. Um, King Collins. Well, has... literally, literally, like you want you want to see these maiden chases, Vanessa. Look at it in in the pocket. Uh, Fasal Vega, fact to file. Um, there's a no, whole I... heap of them going to run this weekend. Uh, San yeah. Felician. Um, it's yeah, all, they're very, 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 very hot waters. Um, nine grand the winner for those maiden chases. So well done, King Collins. I hope you're rewarded and you get a nice big pot. All right. Well, Mighty Tom is five to two. In a small field, Brendan, are we going to have three different tips? I don't know. Over to you. Or are you with the Irish Raider? No, yeah, not a lot to add to what Kevin said. I would, would have made Mighty Tom favourite here, as, as Kevin mentioned, just about the best of these over hurdles. Maybe the bookies are realise that young Gilligan can't claim. I suppose that's not ideal. He is a talented jockey, though, uh, so I, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be massively worried on that score. It, again, I'm just repeating what Kevin said. I was really impressed with his jumping and Cork made one slight mistake, but sure, that's understandable on, on Chase debut. Some talented horses in behind. I know, let's be clear about it, bolted up, but he bolted up in this race as well. And uh, overall, I just, I thought it should be fab. So I'd have to back it at five to two, wouldn't I? 
absolutely. Two votes for the mighty Tom then. And TC, do you want to agree with the boys or throw someone else into the mix? No, out of all of the ones, I think Mighty Tom's five to two to the uh, five to two with the sportsbook, three point seven five currently on the exchange. We record this at three o'clock on Thursday. Yeah, I'd I'd probably go with Brendan. I'd probably make him a, a slight favourite. The interesting angle to this race is obviously there's only four runners and none of them are forward goers, so it's going to be a very tactical race. If I did pick one to go forward, it'd probably be JPR one. And I imagine that might be why he's sixth all favourite, because that might be factored in, because I can't see any of the others going forward, but I could see JPR1 going to the front. And But, you know, you'd love to be uh, a fly on the wall in the jockey's room, wouldn't you, when they're, the four jockeys are discussing this about what they're going to do. So uh, I think the market is leaning towards JPR1 going from the front. But I'd, I'd have Mighty Tom as favourite, like Brendan. In fairness, Mighty okay. Tom, for now, albeit for his previous trainer, he did make all to win a couple of times. Yeah. Um, they see they seem to be, you know, preferring quieter tactics since changing trainers. But um, yeah, in okay. this situation, you never know they might let him roll no, on. I, 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 all right, I let's roll interview, on. I heard let's... an interview with a trainer who said he's a very tricky source. So he wanted to give it a lead, but. Okay, let's roll on to the cross-country chase. And as I promised listeners and viewers at the start of the show, it's strong opinions only. So, TC, I'll come to you first here. Delta Work, of course, Cheltenham Festival cross-country winner is your 15-8 to favourite, taking on Galvin, who finished behind him that day at 5-2. to two. Back on the lash lined up that day as well at sixes. Um, and after that, there's loads of these cross-country horses in there, basically. Is this just Galvin's... Um, sorry, Delta Works for the taking and a rematch between the two again, rather boringly? Uh, even if it's hammering with rain, I'm going to go out for a walk while this is on. Cross-country <laughs> are not my cup of tea, so... OK. We're struggling for time. Move on. Let's move on. And Brendan's already signed himself out of this. So, Kev, it's just over to you. What wins the cross-country? Yeah, I, I spoke to Gordon yesterday at length there for, for at the races, and I, I got the strong impression that Delta Work would very much be the one here. Um, right. Like, look, the, the two of them have to give loads of weight away to everything, obviously, but they're, you know, they've earned it, as the man says, and, and receiving a pound um, off Galvin before the before Jockey's claims come into it. Um, I thought there should be more distance between them in the market. Um, Delta Work has had a run. Which which is which is crucial, I think, in this context. I, I get the impression from listening to him that Galvin, it's kind of a long build for him, um, back up to March and back up to the the Grand National potentially. Whereas Delta Work, um, they'd be delighted to win this, give him a little freshen up, back for a hurdle race, and then on to Cheltenham again. Um, so yeah, Delta Work, I would expect there to for some for for some good separation to appear between Delta Work and Galvin in the market, and for Delta Work to go and win. Okay, let's stick with you, Kev, then, for the last race we'll be covering on the Friday from Cheltenham, and that is the Grade 2 Novices Hurdle over the two and a half miles. Looking forward to seeing Captain Teague here. He's your 8-13 favourite. It's it's a fraction more competitive than the Grade 2 Chase anyway, this. He takes on Captain Teague. Kimbara over from Ireland for John McConnell at 5-1. to one. The Big Doyen also from Ireland at 5-1, to one. Um, and those are the top three in the market currently. Uh, Captain Teague obviously taking up the most of it. And I, I hope that this horse is, I really like this horse, so I hope that he goes and wins again and just builds on what he did last time. Um, obviously, the price suggests that that's what he is going to do, but do you think he's as good as he showed last time and that bumper form as well, Kev? Um, I don't don't love his price. Um, wasn't blown away with him on hurdling debut. Um, I was I was impressed with how he won. 
given that he, he he did a bit wrong along the way, like he, he missed a few and um, like you look at the form, you know, like the, the second is going to run in the handicap hurdle off 127 on Saturday. Um, I just think he really would have wanted to have been kicking all those out of the way is, is what I'm saying. And at four to six now, he's just a little bit short for me. And there's, again, fair play, there's a couple of Irish trainers coming over rather than contesting the, the Monksfield novice hurdle at Navin. Um, which will be which will be pretty spicy again, and uh, the one I was favouring marginally was the Big Doyon. Um, loads of hurdling experience, a second season hurdler really. Um, he put a few wins together during the summer. Now high class hero kicked him out of the way a bit. Um, on his last start, um, and high class hero, funny enough, kicked um, Kinbara out of the way as well, wasn't it? So that that form is running through the Irish contenders, but the Big Doyon. I just thought he might be able to put that experience to um. To good use, um, be be good and forward, um, stays very well, um, you know, if the ground didn't dry out, that'd be no bother to him. And um, yeah, I just thought he'd like and look clearly um that you'd want the dead eight to hold up ideally. Um, but uh, I'd be I'd be afraid, I'd be upset if he wasn't in the mix. And um, I just wouldn't be I just I'd be a little bit frightened of Captain Teague at that price now. All right, the big join getting a positive nod then at Fives. What about you, Brendan, in this race? Are you with the Irish contingent or are you looking elsewhere? There's a few in there for Ireland. I mean, I know you don't want wishy-washy opinions, Vanessa, but I think you'll get your wish Cap- Captain Teagle win. I mean, he, he made a couple of mistakes in Chepstow, but I thought he jumped well in the main, very strong at the line. This step up in trip should suit. We know he has the boot in between the hurdles from his heroics in finishing third in the Cheltenham bumper. And I don't think the opposition are much cop here. Great. Music to my ears will be music to Paul Nichols's ears and, of course, catch his content on Betfair digital channels, written and video form, because he does give great insight as per last week. Told you how much improvement there'll be in Nappers Hill and bang, there it was. TC, I know Captain Teague won't be your sort of price, so I'm very much expecting that you found something elsewhere. Did you have a strong view in this? Yeah, Captain Teague is definitely my kind of price because I want to be against him. Um, He's currently 1.71 on the exchange. Uh, and a lot of that's me. I want to be at the front of the queue to lay him. Um, obviously, you know, he, he should be a short price favourite, but even at 1.71, bigger than the four to six fixed odds uh, best price, is not for me at all. Now, he's got a five pound penalty. Um, and I appreciate, you know, he won in a good time at Chepstow. And as Brendan said, I think the step up in trip will suit, but. He didn't run to that higher level of form to me. Uh, and with the penalty against four Irish horses that I can give a chance to against him, uh, I'd like Kim Barra's trainer, John McConnell, to be in much better form. He hasn't had a winner for yonks uh, in Ireland. And he, I know he had three winners over in the UK in October, but his horses aren't running well. But the big Doyen has got a similar form chance to Captain Teague. I know he's got the sexy profile, but... Not of the price, not of that price for me. I think I've, I think the four Irish horses have got all got a chance of sorts. We've got Milena Missile, our brother to Monbeg Genius, who could be anything after the Chepstow win. I'm very happy to take him take him on up to one point eight. If I got the field running for me at five to four, and you and you probably get done a far far less, then uh, I'll be against Captain Teague, and I'll also land for a place. Um, I'll. I imagine you'll get him in the bag about sixes on for a place as well. So I'm hoping Captain Teague is a complete blowout for my pocket. But thank God the Irish are coming over because a lot of these <laughs> would be completely threadbare without them. I mean, 
We'd only have three in the novice chase. We'd have four in this, you know, the cross country. Just okay. Irish. Everything, every, everything is fine, Tony. Everything's fine. No, no yeah. problems here. Move on. Let's keep it positive. We don't want to be getting down in national hunt racing now. The house is burning down and all that. But onwards we go. Onwards we go to Saturday. Um, the 145 is the first race ITV will be showing on Saturday. It's on the main channel as well, which is excellent views. And the Novices Chase is a listed race, this time over the three miles and the half of Furlong. And Miss the Coffee is your 94 favourite. Good Risk at All is three to one. Both of those two horses have entries on. I think it's Sunday and the Novices Handicap Chase. But they decided to come here, obviously, Mr. Coffee, with the experience um, from last season and good risk at all. Looked, you know, a decent chaser in the making, but who knows what to make of the form from that Carlisle Chase debut. We've all been caught as in there, 130. Broadway Boys, 4-1. to one. Um, So those are your top four. Kev, I shall start with you. Um where did you land in this? No Irish horse to tip up for you. No, no, no. This will be one for the English. Um, Lord knows they need it. I'd say the way this weekend is likely to go. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, um, I thought Broadway Boy was overpriced. Um, okay. I think uh, I can't quite. Well, I can't understand it. I can see why he's a bigger price than um, than we've all been caught. Um, Broad Broadway Boy. Um, they, they met at Cheltenham last time behind Floor and Porter and Broadway Boy finished the length and a quarter in front, um, giving five pounds to we've all been caught. And the market is factoring in um a, a heap of improvement, clearly, uh, for we've all been caught, um, that being his seasonal and chasing debut. But um, like I I'd be disappointed that Broadway Boy doesn't uphold that form. I thought he had a real crack at Floor and Porter throughout. Um, you know, I had a crack at him early on to try and get him racing freely, had a crack at him. Uh, coming down the hill, um, and he ultimately ran very well. He was only beaten two and a half lengths. Um, uh, there's no, there's no floor and porter in here, and um, uh, and I thought he'd have a fair old chance. Um, on, on revised terms, he, he's back on levels, but we we've all been caught now. If he doesn't finish in front of him, I'd be disappointed. I know it's not just clearly not just the match. There's plenty of other um quality, um, good risk at all. I'd be afraid of, but a top Broadway boy, but it with his proven stamina, seems to have a liking for the track. Um, I thought he could jump up in the front end there and uh, make a bold show at what I think is a pretty fair price. Okay, well, that is interesting. Yeah, Broadway Boy currently four to one, and that we've all been caught 100 to 30. TCL come to you next. Is Mr. Coffee at nine to four right favourite, right price? Um, No, not really. There's, there's three forward goers in here, potential. Broadway Boy, we've all been caught, and Mr. Coffee all made the running. So, um. They're going to have to be sensible on the front end. I couldn't work out. I'm assuming Sam Twiston Davis has got some kind of gentleman's agreement with Di Waters and or some Sam Thomas, because obviously he's not riding any of his old man's horses. So I'm assuming that's the case. The Di Waters angle might be. Um, Good Risk at All is the one that Sam rides. He's been the early mover in the market. Betfair Sportsbook opened up at fives, went into kind of like... Um, they went into basically is about four price movements already, and he's into three to one, which surprised me. He was very good at Carlisle, you know, he was obviously a beneficiary of Giovinco coming down. But drying ground and three miles and extended three miles would, would worry me for good risk at all. I have him down as more of a pacier horse. Um, so for me, I won't be having a bet in the race, but um, 
maybe Mr. Coffee, but I want bigger than nine to four. No, I'm not having a bet, so I'm not. Okay, pulling. no bet race then for TC. What about you, Brendan? Is this a race that you want to get stuck into? Are you happy to give it a swerve? Uh, well, it, it, it's a blow to me to hear. Uh, this is this is after timing, obviously. But if you could read my notes here, it says good risk at all, big price five to one. It clearly it was a big price. Oh. I, I I did my <laughs> notes at about noon today. I, I should have gone back in and checked the price. I still think three to one is fair about him, though. I was really taken with him in, in Carlisle. I mean, he ran well in a Coral Cup off 143. And... He was a bit careful on the first, inclined to be a bit big at his fences on the first circuit in Carlisle, but I loved the way he warmed to his task on the second circuit, a really professional display of jump. And that Giovinco was coming to him at the third last when 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 he tipped up. I thought good risk at all was travelling better than him at the time, and he was pricking his ears all the way up the straight in Carlisle. I, I, I think he'd have beat him. Giovinco went in and won a handicap in Aintree last weekend. I'd say it's decent form. Sam Thomas has them going well. I take Tony's point. The only time he went up to three miles was in a, a handicap hurdle in Haydock last year, and he did disappoint, but he was, he was, he was keen that, that day. He seems to be relaxing better as, as he gets older. And based on those two Carlisle wins, I mean, that's a stiff track, and they were both on deep ground over two and a half miles. He looks to be crying out for three miles to me. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not just on, on one run at Haydock. I'm not, I'm not going to say that uh, stamina is a, a massive worry for me. I think he'll improve for the step up and trip, and I thought he'd win. Okay, then. Um, let's move on to the Paddy Power Chase. And if we've been scoffing at a bit of the lack of sort of strength and depth, some of the previous races, they're not a bit of it in the Paddy Power uh, handicap because this, as you would expect for such a big prize pot, has got a really interesting and high quality field. You've got Stage Star. Uh, up at the top of the market currently for the Paul Nichols Yard, the novices, the Turner Novices Chase went up on the festival at four to one, and he is taking on the other Cheltenham Festival winner in the Real Wacker at six to one, who of course won the Brown Advisory for the Patrick Neville team, and you know beat Jerry Colom in the process. After them in the betting, well, actually co-second favourites is Unexpected Party at six to one. Il Rodoto in there for the Paul Nichols again at seven to one. Not long till May as well. Sevens is easy at that nines. Kev, I'm going to start with you here just because you have been taking the mickey about the lack of quality. This is going to be a good race. I'm looking forward yeah, to it and have been absolutely, uh, absolutely great to see just what you want the likes of this and the. The, the Coral Gold Cup and races to be like. Uh, we've got the winner of the Brown Advisory, the 1-2 and the Turners. Fantastic. Um, can't wait to see it. Um, I'm not going to give you my thoughts now, Vanessa, because I will be delving into this race in, in great depth for my oh. Betfair column and I haven't reached my conclusion yet. So um, if you look out for um, on my social media and the Betfair social media, I'm sure that'll be up uh, early tomorrow with um, you know plenty of depth. So I'll pass over to the lads to give you their um, to give you their conclusions at this point. Love that, a little tease. And Kevin's recent comments have been doing that sort of in-depth analysis rather than just, you know, a whole load of races, but without the depth. So interesting article coming your way. Watch out for that, in which case I will come to you, TC, where obviously, given what you were just saying about Sam Twist and Davis and the gentleman's agreement with Di Walters, obviously doesn't apply in this race because Angel's Breath is going to be ridden by Johnny Burke instead because, of course, Sam will stick on the real whacker and he surely is the front of your pace angle. 
Uh, well, actually, I've got 10 of 14 <laughs> have gone forward in the past. It is, no way. It's got the potential to be a massive burn-up. Now, over these two-mile four handicap chases at Cheltenham, you, tend to, you do tend to need to be on the front end or it's beneficial, but not when there's a pace map that I've got in here. So common sense needs to be applied here by the jocks. Um, I put up torn and frayed anti-post at 20s. Um, on the basis that you know, it, you know, he's he's only eight. I know he's been off for a long time, and I don't know why. Because Nigel Twist and Danes is certainly no Paul Nichols when it comes to openness. I looked everywhere. I asked everybody why that horse has been off. Couldn't find out a sausage, but he is well handicapped for on the victory when we last saw him. He's only had five chase starts. Um, you'd think, given that injury, that or. Oh, setback or whatever it what kept him off for so long that it'll be cherry ripe for this very big pot so um i suspect i'll know my fate on the exchange 10 minutes beforehand because he might be trading at 12 or he could be trading at 65 the way these markets are going but i've taken my chance there i'm considering pressing up on not long till may seven to one four places with the sports book we should also mention there's if you are betting in that um hunter that um that cross-country chase, you've got four places there as well. I should have mentioned that then. So, yeah, I think not long till May is, he just looks very, very solid. Um, he's weighted to dead heat with stage star and their turners run. A really good comeback over two miles. Um, and I just think he's, if I had to nominate one to finish in the first four, I'd probably go with not long till May. But uh, given the depth of the race, he could run a career best of 152 and finish fifth here, but not long till May might be my fresh bet. Uh, seven to one, four places with the sports book, but uh, hopefully Torn Afraid will be cherry ripe after his absence. All right, currently 16 to one. Love that from TC. Uh, over to you, Brendan, for this. As we've said, ultra competitive, but who wins it, please? Well, my fortunes uh, on, on Saturday will be very closely allied with those of Sam Th Thomas because I'm going to put up this angel's breath here. Ah. You will, well, you will remember a hugely talented novice hurdler and indeed novice chaser disappeared. Uh, it has been clearly rehabilitated by uh, Sam Thomas. Uh, it has had three runs after that monster layoff. Uh, pulled up in Kent and ran with some promise, albeit beaten a long way in second at Chepstow at the back end of last season. Came back off a lower hurdles mark, granted, but a, a promising effort at the at the October meeting to tune him up for this would be my guess. Uh, the handicapper's given him a chance off at 144. I, I mean, I, I think we have enough evidence to suggest the flame still flickers. I don't think he's ever going to be as good a horse as he was, but he's only a nine-year-old, and I love the fact that, as Tony mentioned, that there's sure Surely got to be it's going to be rapid up front here. He'd get that stalk and trip, and maybe with given the handicapper has shown him some largesse, he can take advantage. He's been nibbled at, and the the big mover since Tuesday has been easy as that. It was twenties early in the week, is now just nines for the sports book, and that is the big mover for Venetia, I think. Well, yeah, Venetia at the moment out of control with the winners. Uh, let's move on, TC. I'll come to you then first then for the handicap hurdle over the three miles to 255 at Cheltenham. Um, 
at the top of the market. I mean, it's a wide open market and it's a family affair to the fore because body one is over for the Gillian Yard at five to one and judicial law is in there for the John Joe O'Neill team at six to one. I don't think this is how you say his French name, but let's just roll with PlaceNet at seven to one. Uh, coming over here, having a first run for the Pipe Yard over from France, a winning listed chaser over there, taking on Sham Blue at seven to one. Really haven't got over that Charlie Hall fall from about two years ago now. Those are your top few in the betting TC. Very wide open and competitive. I'm expecting split opinions here. Yeah. Um, shades of Brendan and Good Risk It All here and the disappearing price. Now, I really couldn't believe it when Mocha Devassi opened up at 14s with a sports book late on Thursday morning. Uh, I knew it wouldn't last until we got to the podcast, but I wasn't expecting it to be backed into 15 to 2. It went 10s and 15 to 2, but. Normally I sulk and go no bet here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the faith uh, and I'm gonna back him win only. I think he's currently around about eights or bigger on the exchange. That's where I'll be playing him because one of the reasons is I'm not taking advantage of the extra places because you can't jump. Um, obviously that's uh, quite a big negative, but the positives are if he does jump adequately, I think he's got this a race in him like this off a of mark of 123. Probably should have won at Exeter last time. Um, off a pound lower mark than this, but just made a complete mess of the second last and didn't jump the last particularly well either. If he'd have jumped either of those adequately, I think he'd have won. So a pound higher mark doesn't bother me here. He's got good course form, um, second in the Triumph Hurdle trial. Uh, and uh, no, that's no, that's not him. Uh, he, he, anyway, he's got some good course form here. And... Um, yeah, he's right, actually. Yeah, he's got you second in the Triumph Hurdle trial, fifth in the Ballymore trial. Uh, and I think 123, a five-year-old, very lightly raced. Like I said, if he gets his act together, uh, I think he's a, I think he's still a good bet at the reduced price in here. So Mocha Devassi, eight to one plus on the exchange. Um I've already had a already had a good go at him, and I'll press up again at eights on the exchange as well. Mocha Devassi. Okay, and He's currently on the sports book anyway, 15 to 2, just as an FYI for listeners and viewers out there. Uh, Brendan, over to you for this, please. Well, it's ferociously competitive, as you mentioned. I thought you could make a case for Real Steel, who arrives here in decent nick, beating seven lengths in uh, Munster National off a mark of 134, runs here off a UK mark of 126. Now, the stag is he's running over hurdles, which he hasn't run on, uh, he hasn't jumped since on the track since 2018. 2018, Vanessa, a lot of W under the P since then. But he's 14 to 1. So if he could if he could readjust, I and indeed I suspect his trainer think that he he he, he should be competitive off this mark. And at, at, at that kind of a price, you can take a chance on readjustments. All right, then. I like that. I love what did you say? A lot of W under, w under the B. Of the B. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Um, Kev, you can pick up here for the. Uh, oh, I was about to mention the sponsor's name. Ooh, didn't intermediate. <laughs> same family, same family. We'll be all right. That's true, yeah. actually. Same one of those cousins you don't like. Two miles five. But I joke. That was a joke. Two miles five furlongs for the handicap hurdle. Oh, barriers on the WhatsApp. <laughs> <laughs> 
Springwell Bay makes a seasonal reappearance. He's ninth four at the top of the market, Kev. He's been found out in graded company, but he's looked progressive still. And now he's into this handicap off a mark of 137. He's taking on Resplendent Grey. He's already had a run this season at 11 to 4. Um, London Office Calling is 11 to 2. Those are your top three in the market anyway. What do we make of Springwell Bay's 137 handicap hurdles debut? Um, no thanks, no thanks. I'm gonna go, gotta go down the bottom of the weights. Um, oh. The B, the B to the D has already mentioned the great man. So I'll, I'll mention um, Eric McNamara's other runner here. Oh. Um, L- London office calling um, right down the bottom of the weights um, has been a bit of a revelation since joining Eric. Um, has won four from six, including a couple on the flat. And, you know, stepped right up in Triple Killarney last time. And while I go, don't think it was a great race now, but um, did a bit wrong and still managed to win. And, like, look, is just clearly booming, in fairness. Um, he's really coming forward quickly and gets the sneak in here off bottom weight, albeit a, um, three pounds out of the handicap. Um, but I don't think in this context I'd be getting I'd be doing too much fostering and flustering over that. Um, he's just improving that fast. He's unexposed um, over you know trips beyond two and a half miles or two mile five here. And I, I just wouldn't be surprised if he can boom on and be, be a bit too progressive for some of these. Um, we it'll, we mentioned in passing resplendent grey earlier, finishing second to Captain Teague. Um, he got seven pounds for his trouble there. I think that might anchor him, to be honest. So um, London office calling for the McNamara team, Eric and Connor. Beautiful. 11-2 currently with the sportsbook. Uh, TC, how did you work this race out? Is there an obvious one in here for you? Are you having a bet, really, is the question. Yeah, I've had a bet. I've had a bet. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm scared of Kevin's, but only because he and the other Irish horse, another choice, might go forward, which would hamper my one. Um, I thought the, I thought your one there, Kevin, is effectively nine pound higher than his Irish mark. So, but yeah, that, that would put me off a little bit. Do, doesn't doesn't stop them, TC, when they're well in, they're well in. Like I said some <laughs> of the ones, you know, some of the ones this week. There's one I like in the last at uh, Cheltenham on Friday. He's only a pound higher than his Irish mark. But um, yeah, it's right, no rhyme or reason. Um, now the one I'm going to take a chance with is Rock My Way at twenty to okay. one. The reason he's run like a drain since he won the Ballymore trial um, here in January over extended two mile four. Um, but he's run, like I said, he's run really badly since. But um, twi- two of those runs have been over three miles. And the other one was at the end of the season here in April. So he might have been over the top then. I think the angle with him is a falling handicap mark to 133. Uh, back over a more suitable trip. Or even though his next pointer. All the evidence suggests, well, so far anyway, suggests he's a two-mile four, two-mile five horse. Like I said, a falling handicap mark of 133. And hopefully the Irish will feck off and allow Rock My Way to go from the front. So uh, Rock My, I thought 20 to 1 was was overpriced. Okay, Rock My Way, yeah, currently 20s with the sports book. And that wasn't very nice, was it, Brendan, from TC? Yeah, well, I certainly hope that London office calling wins because the syndicate that owns them is headed up by bloody good egg and erstwhile colleague of mine, Phelan Cunningham. If you just be, yeah. uh, a, if you just be a horse, 
that I, I, I might uh, struggle to tip. He's out of the handicap. He's at a big class disadvantage. But you're going to put me in jail for more wishy-washy opinions, Vanessa. I thought maybe resplendent grey, 127, coming home with a, a respectful distance, second to Captain Teague. Not bad. Has only had five runs. The skeleton horse who was third in that Persian War is a promising sort. But I really didn't like any of them. And I hope London, I won't be having a bet. I hope London office calling wins. Okay. We like that. Now, Brendan, um, we've got two races at Lingfield. Did you have any mm. views on the Lingfield races? Um, well, not not massively. Um, okay. Well, the, 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 the first one is interesting. Regal Reality is the right fab because he's in a rich vein of form. He's basically run to a highly consistent level on his last four runs. And I mean, he was on his on his head all the way over a mile in Newmarket, but nearly showed a lot of heart to nearly run down Muda Sabek, only beaten ahead. He's sure to run his race. The only worry I'd have with a race that this is a real rogues gallery, uh, the opposition. And if one of the rogues gets out of the bed on the right side with rigor reality having to shoulder a penalty, they could they could chin him. Uh, so okay. again, I, I I won't have a bet, but rigor reality. Should be hard to beat. Regal reality versus a rogues gallery in the Churchill Stakes. This is the two thirty six at Lingfield. By the way, for listeners and viewers out there, one of two races being shown on ITV amongst the jumps action at Cheltenham. And Brendan has described it beautifully there in terms of the class act in Regal reality. Do you have anything else to add, Kevin Blake? Yeah, like I think there is a bit of a value play if you're. We always talk about the value of forgiveness on this podcast, and um, if you are of a forgiving sort, there is one that stands out a little bit. Um, first thing I'd say is fair play. This is a proper listed race. Any any time you get three one ten plus horses rocking up for a listed race, um, you you've produced a fairly spicy contest. Um, but it's not one of those I'm going for. It's Tyrrhenian Sea, uh, oh. Roger Varian. Um, because that and it's chancy, but look, the last time we saw him at Linkfield, um, he finished second in the Winter Derby, just in front of Fox's Tales, um, who he meets here again, um, on revised terms, um, a couple of pounds better off, and Lord North won that race, um, you know, so we're talking high level stuff now. Um, went to Kempton after that burst of blood vessel, finished tailed off, um, ran okay in the Cambridgeshire, um, on on his return. But look, record of the all-weather is very good. You would love there to be um, eight runners here, given the price he is and the profile he has. Um, but if, you, if you're if you of the forgiving nature and you wanted to have a bet place only um, on the exchange with the two places, you're probably going to get quite a big price. And I just wouldn't be shocked. I think he'll be, he'll be ridden to best advantage up towards the front end. And I just wouldn't be shocked. Like, look, he's either going to finish second or, you know, sec- second or probably last. But uh, I think you'll you'll get you'll get a fairly wacky price there, place only, given the the unattractive place terms. And um, you might have worse bets on Saturday, I dare say. Not really selling it, am I? <laughs> Not really. A lovely little rat line to wrap it up. And yeah, we are of a forgiving nature on this pod. And nothing highlights that more than the fact that I've been in the steering seat for over a year now. So. <laughs> Yeah, that just sums up how forgiving they are, guys. Uh, Kev's Tyrrhenian Sea is currently 16 to 1 rank outsider, really. Uh, TC, what about you and the Churchill quick line, or is it a no bet race? No, no, I'm, I'm going to have a straight forecast. I had a look at this race, and I normally I wanted to oppose regal reality, but I just thought all these rivals apart from one are either out of form or coming here off a of massive absence and regal reality probably ran his best race 
for about three years we just got beat by the core specialist Mutasabic in the Joel Stakes last time so and then mile two trips probably suits him even better so I thought at nine to four and there's some five to two knocking around I thought that was actually a very very fair price even even under a penalty and the only other horse uh, that's in form and getting £10 for Riga Rally is Rousse, uh, if you shop around and get 16s there. So I'm going to have a straight forecast, um, Riga Rally to beat Rousse, 9-4 to four and 12-1, to one, bigger elsewhere, and I'm probably going to chuck him in an exactor as well. So, yeah. But if, if you t- and obviously you can Let's bet see. on the tote or on the Betfair Exchange tab. So mm. do that on Betfair. Thank you, TC, and do it responsibly, of course. Hashtag no. safer gambling. It's a bet like any other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's speak with UTC then for the six furlong golden rose stakes, another listed race. Good card at Lingfield on Saturday. And the Breeders' Cup winner, Mischief Magic, is your five to four favourite here. Um, made his comeback at Kempton when we last saw him. Back at winning ways, he might just be a cut above these. He takes on Pink Crystal, who's won here before at eleven to two. Kinta in there uh, at seven to one, but this could be just a clear cut case of Mischief Magic being better than these, is it, TC? Very possibly, yeah. But obviously, five to four, you might get. You'll probably get a nearer six to four in the exchange. I wouldn't have thought, given the nature of the race, but. I was getting very, very excited when the prices started coming out for this because the horse I liked opened up at 33s and 25s and 20s. Oh. And there were still 20s, and there's still 20s in the place now. But those canny sportsbook odds compilers cottoned on and only went 12s. The horse in question is Exalted Angel. And the angle here is the only pace in the race is 10 and 11. And I think they might consider a change of tactics for Exalted Angels, normally ridden prominently. But if they go to the front on this from seven, I think he, I think he might be hard to catch. And like I said, the 20s in the marketplace is still too big. The 12s is probably the right price for the sportsbook. But the other angle is, I mean, he, he ran exceptionally well at Newcastle recently after a very long absence since April. Uh, if he's got a clear run at Newcastle, then he might have gone quite close to winning. Now, Clearly, he's got masses to find against Mischief, uh, Mischief Magic, who's rated 111, and, and this one's rated only 95 at the moment. But all of his best work has been at Lingfield over six furlongs. And you've got to remember that mark of 95, it's, it's probably a bit misleading because he was 108 in his pomp. So Exalted Angel, a double-figure price to me, is probably an each-way bet. And um, I did re-up some family and friends trying to get 25s and 33s. But I, sh- I should be saying that because those naughty bookmakers, if they find out that, they might void your bet and, and put, me in, put me in jail. And, I, and, I'm, and, as, and as Brendan always says, all the men on this podcast, we're too pretty for prison, aren't we, Brendan? Back to fiction, yeah. <laughs> too pretty for prison. That is so there's, true. There's, there's right. the show title. <laughs> there's the show title coming Done. beautifully at 45 <laughs> minutes. So now um, let's wrap up Saturday's action before a quick view on Sunday. Kev, your uh, your horse in <clears> here, <throat> obviously Exalted Angel for TC. Who do you fancy? Kinter, Kinter. I like Kinter yes. for, 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 for George O'Bowie. Um, uh, George was desperate to run this filly in one of the racing league nights and I said I can't do it George I can't do it she hasn't run for ages uh, but she's working like a machine Kev he says but I, I didn't run her and um, thought it was very clever when she reappeared at Chepstow and fin- uh, sorry at Chemsford 
and uh, finished mid-div, but then, of course, she came out and won. Um, like, what, what was it? A spicy enough race now at Newmarket. Um, mm-hmm. Won it quite well. And all-weather record w- would be very encouraging. I think getting back to this track will suit, round the bend, etc. And good draw. Um, won't be a million miles off them, I don't think, Um, in terms of position. And, yeah, I, I'm, she tends to wander the sports book. I don't have the prices in front of me. She's, she's in that neck of the woods. Well, and, she's, um, she's sevens currently. You see, those handsome and intelligent sports book gods compilers are at it again, Vanessa. Uh, there, sorry, are big, there, are, there are bigger prices available, but you take this as an endorsement of her chance that, 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 that the handsome and eloquent ones um, fancy okay. her as well. Um, because okay. I think there is more to there is more to come. She's she's still quite unexposed. Um, all weather record is excellent. And for Billy the Kid Lachnan, I think she'll run well. Billy the Kid and George O. Bowie. Last line to you on Saturday, Brendan. Any view in this race? Ah, the Babel win. I mean, I, I mean, it's just the if, whether Mystery Patrick is rated worth the rating of 111 is debatable. We won't have to run to that here. I think James Doyle will be well aware, as Tony has mentioned, that this is a very muddled pace map. So he'd be delighted to see that the, for the first time in his career, he was up with the pace last time out. I, I suspect he'll sit in the first three on, on Saturday. Uh, had his problems on turf earlier this season, granted, but that was it, one half a length in Kempton, but it was so snug. It absolutely bolted up. The second has since gone and put in another solid shift. Just just too good for these. Okay. Uh, we want to mention Sunday at Cheltenham and one race at Fontwell as well, because, of course, that's on ITV Racing. Very hard to do when we don't have declarations. For example, the 145, we've already spoken about three horses in there who are going to be running on the Friday and elsewhere. So tricky to do without decks. So let's just rattle through what anyone fancies. Kev, I will start with you and we'll go straight to the Greatwood Hurdle, obviously the feature on Sunday. Who jumped out the card at you there? Ah, well, we'll tell you what, uh, we, we we gave great praise to the Paddy Power Gold Cup. Lord, a 140 <laughs> top weight in the Greatwood. Oh, my God. Um, we, we we have far fallen and the, and the fab the fab is rated 115. This um this this Willie Mullins horse, uh, Paul Burns' latest project. Um that couldn't couldn't have him at that price now, Vanessa. Like only a matter of time is currently seven to two in those God, colours. It's short, it's short, it's short. We Baking know what Willie on. can do with yeah, we we know maybe. we know what Willie can do with these stable switchers now, but he's only had this fella, you know, less than three months. Um, it would be a fair old rabbit out of hat effort now to win a to win a great wood, um, off the back of what he was doing when we last saw him for Boots Madden. So, so I th- I think you have to take him on, um, and that's going to be my angle in once the decks come out, Vanessa. I think I can have that fav. I'd imagine he's going to go off. Uh, I dare suspect a fair bit bigger. Um, so playing soon after decks might be the way to go. Okay. Um, what about you, Brendan? Obviously, no decks, but did something jump out the card at you in the Greatwood? The the race well, at you in the Greatwood. I only looked at the, looked at the prices for the show. It had nothing to do with the Greatwood. I was absolutely shocked at the prices of the Schlur Chase, though. I mean, oh one yes, to two, one to two John Bond. Madness. Uh, so disrespectful to Edward Stone. No, well, I mean, Edward, like the only thing I can think of, I, I, I think Edward Stone's a better horse than John, but he's rated one pound superior. I actually think he's he, he's a greater margin of superiority over him. But OK, so John Bond's the younger horse up and coming and uh, Edward Stone's coming off an abysmal effort in uh, the champion chase. But 
this track won't play to John Bond's strength at all. It's a, it's the old course. It's a speed favor in track. He looks like he wants to go up and trip to me. Edward Stone on debut last year, wildly impressive in the Tingle Creek, unlucky in the Clarence House chase. And I think we can forgive him the champion chase run because it was just it was just too bad to be true. And basically the only bad run he's had in two years. Now, the, this might be the reason why I'm a redundant odds compiler, but there is no way, in, in, in my view, that those horses will have anything like that kind of gap between them come the off on Sunday. All right. Uh, nicely flagged up. Then last word on just anything on Sunday, TCT, because we've got to wrap up now. Um, and obviously, no decks makes this very hard. But Being very muffled there, Vanessa. Speaking to the mic. Sorry. Is there anything you wanted to flag on Sunday? Uh, no, I don't know if this works, but I'm going to go... K to the P to the D and uh, sign off there. K. I know it doesn't work. I don't know what you're doing. Keep my powder dry until I know the depth. Uh. <laughs> oh, I like what we've done here. Just, yeah. Trying to understand you guys is getting harder and harder on this show. But we're here. We're here for it. Um, let's wrap up, guys. Naps very quickly, please. TC, I will come to you then first. Your nap, please, of the whole weekend. Talking at the price. Uh, but Mocha Devassi, 3.30, Cheltenham. Oh, lovely. Okay, uh, Kev, over to you for your nap. I'm going to go with Delta work in the cross country. <laughs> Are you actually? Come on, I actually am, yeah. He's going to go, he's going to, he's going to short, he's, he's going to short and then he's going to win. What's not to like, Vanessa? Go on yeah, the cheese, which There's nothing yeah. not to like, love it. Uh, Brendan, uh, your nap, please. JBFW Vanessa 145 Cheltenham on Saturday. Good risk at all. Lovely. Beautiful. Thank you very much, lads, for your contribution. As always, listeners and viewers out there, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to have a good weekend, but do it responsibly and safely if you are gambling. And join us again on Monday, where we will be back with Wade in to discuss all of what we've just talked about here. Look back at the weekend. Loads to get through. But as for now, have a good one. Enjoy your weekend. That was Racing Any Better. <laughs> <laughs>